Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Spirit of Grace Church. I'm so glad that we're able to be together tonight, and I want to just share the word of the Lord with you. I hope that you're enjoying the heat, and uh, just remember that it's just a few more months, and then you'll be complaining about the cold. So might as well enjoy it while we've got it. Praise God. I am going to read from John chapter 6 tonight and Mark chapter 6, probably a familiar passage of Scripture. John chapter 6, verse 1, and I want to speak on this subject tonight, the lesson of the loaves, the lesson of the loaves. John chapter 6, verse 1, after this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miracles, uh, miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. And then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. And so they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. And then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish. And they all ate as much as they wanted. And after everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, Now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. Um, And then skipping down to verse 16. That evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got into the boat and headed across toward Lake Capernaum. Soon a gale swept. Uh, down upon them, and the sea grew very rough. And they had rowed three or four miles when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat, and they were terrified. But he called out to them, Don't be afraid, I am here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat, and immediately, excuse me, immediately they arrived at their destination. But that story is cross-referenced over in Mark chapter 6, and and we won't read about the feeding of the 5,000 again, But I want to read about Jesus walking because there's a statement that is made that uh, I want to address tonight. So in verse 45 of Mark 6, Jesus, immediately after this, this is after the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across across the lake to Bethsaida while he sent the people home. After telling everyone goodbye, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. And late that night, the disciples were in their boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. And he saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. He intended to go past them, but when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him, but Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. Take courage, I am here. Then he climbed into the boat and the wind stopped. They were totally amazed, for they still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. 
their hearts were too hard to take it in. The King James Version says it this way, they considered not the miracle of the loaves. And so I want to do that tonight. I want to talk about the loaves and some lessons that we can learn from and draw. Notice that it was the same day that Jesus fed the 5,000 and walked in water and had leftovers. And the feeding of the 5,000 is the only miracle recorded in all of the Gospels. And, uh, and so they get to this place and Jesus has sent them into the storm and insisted that they get in the boat. And I believe that Jesus just kind of knew what was getting ready to happen. I, I don't believe the storm took Jesus by accident. I believe that Jesus knew where he was sending his disciples. And notice what you just kind of have to read between the lines there. And that is simply this that in the boat with the disciples were the 12 baskets of food left over. And yet in the heat of the moment, they forget what Jesus had just done by feeding the 5,000 men plus the, William, the women and children. Jesus is trying to teach them something by sending them into the storm and uh, something about the miracle of the loaves. In fact, in John, we read in verse 2, uh, great cr crowds followed Jesus. And uh, sometimes a crowd is not a follower. They were just excited to see the miracles. They weren't worried about the miracle worker. They got so tied up with the, the, the things that were happening that they failed to recognize the person that was causing it to happen. And so tonight, I want to just give you five lessons that I draw from, and you probably can draw your own, but uh, five lessons that I draw from in this story about the lesson of the loaves that we read in John chapter 6. In verses 1 through 7, uh, this is the lesson that I learned um, is this, never assess a difficulty in light of your own resources. Let me say that again. Never assess a difficulty in light of your own resources. Jesus, the Bible says Jesus was testing Philip. Philip, where, where can we, you know, where's the nearest uh, speedway or holiday? Where's the place where we can get some food for these people that are coming out to listen to me teach? <coughs> Excuse me. And, uh, and, and Philip says we could work, you know, forever and not be able to supply the all of the need that we would have to feed them. And Philip was leaning on his own resourcefulness. Andrew is the example of leaning on the resources that were available to him, which were the fish and the loaves and putting it into Jesus' hands. I want you to think about this. We think about the miraculous aspect of him feeding the 5,000, but there has been anywhere people have decided or come up with a number anywhere of around two to three million people that came out of Egypt with the Israelites. And every day in the wilderness, the Lord fed them. And I don't know about you, but can you imagine how many pounds of quail came to feed all the millions of people that were in the wilderness together and, and the manna? And, and, and so the people sometimes think that they are moving by faith by attempting to solve a situation of their own by themselves, 
That's not faith, that's foolishness. Too often we try to figure it out, and the lesson of the loaves is sometimes situations are just way too big for our small-mindedness, our small ability, our small resources, and we've got to get into a place where those resources can be handed over to Jesus. And it has to be the Word of God. For instance, faith is not necessarily an action. If there's action involved, but faith is actually a response, not to somebody's need, but faith is a response to the Word of the Lord, the rhema of God which we find in Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. You can't, that's where faith is activated is when you listen and receive what the word of the Lord is saying to you. And so you also can't go around saying, well, I'm just doing my best because your best is never going to be enough for some problems. Yeah, there are some things that you could probably figure out and fix on your own, but when it becomes the important things in life, it's going to be better for us not to rely on our uh, own resources, but to place those resources that we do have in the hands of Jesus who can multiply them and uh, fix the problem. And not only fix the problem, but do above and beyond the need. The second lesson that I learn, I find in verses 8 through 11 is simply this, and there's an old song that references this, but little is much when God is in it. Little is much when God is in it. You know, Andrew started good, but blew it, okay? Uh, he, he, he said, here's the little bit here, but what good is that going to be? And, and he gave it to Jesus. And, and so think about this. These little loaves and fish. Now, we think loaves are these big, but why would a mom send a little boy with two fish and five loaves of bread. Okay, that's not what it's talking. These are probably more cracker style. These are probably, uh, the barley loaves are probably triscuits, if you will. <laughs> Just small crackers. And he had five of those and two fish. And those fish are probably actually more probably sardines than they are fish. And, and, and so while the lunch is small, when the, the little thing is placed in the hands of God, his hand begins to multiply it, expand it, make it stronger, make it better, make it more filling. And so when the, the, the food, this, these crackers and, and sardines, if you will, get to Jesus, two things happen within his hand. Number one, what the Lord has or what the lad has is transferred to Jesus and secondly, what he has transferred is now transformed by Jesus. Okay? So your little thing, your little ability, your little thought process, your little talent, when you transfer it to Jesus and put it in his hands, he transforms that gift and multiplies it to be able to feed upwards of probably 20,000 people. Isn't that, that just blows my mind. So don't ever think, well, I just don't have this to give, and I don't have that much to offer, and I don't have this ability, and I don't have... Forget what you don't have. Recognize the little that you do have, and place the little that you do have in the hands 
that will transform it after you transfer it. Now, if that little boy would have held on to that food and not given it to Jesus, that two sardines and that crackers would have felt, fed that little boy. But when he transferred it to Jesus, Jesus transformed it and fed upwards of 20,000. Uh, uh, and, and then notice what Jesus does. This is what's exciting, and it's part of this lesson, little as much when God is in it, is, is this. When Jesus transforms it, he doesn't give it to the people that need it. He gives it to the people that are going to supply the need. Notice that. He gives it back to the disciples. So the resource is given to him. He folds it in his hand. He breaks it. He blesses it. He multiplies. He transforms it. And he gives it back to the disciples. And the disciples go and feed. Listen. It doesn't just go from us to Jesus to the need. It goes from us to Jesus. He gives it back to us to fill the need. And we are a part then of the great miracle. We talk about Jesus feeding the 5,000 plus men and women uh, or women and children. But notice that the disciples are a part of that miracle. I want to be a part of the miracle of the transforming of Jesus. Which leads us to, to the third lesson that we learn in the loaves, the story of the loaves. And that is only Jesus can satisfy. Verse 12, they were filled naturally, but Jesus wanted them to be filled spiritually. Uh, I find it interesting in, in, in that passage that we read a little bit further in the chapter, in, in verse uh, 24 to 27, so when the crowd said that neither Jesus nor the, uh, were, were there, they got into the boats and went across to Capernaum to look for him. And they found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God has given me the seal of his approval. See, Jesus meant one thing, but the, the crowds didn't, they were filled naturally. They went away full, but they didn't go away transformed. Jesus wanted the miracle to trigger something in them to seek something greater. And what I find oftentimes is that when the Lord helps us through a situation, we're thankful that they brought, he brought us through the situation, but we don't gather the lesson that he's wanting us to get, which is he wants us to live above the need and in, in an atmosphere, if you will, of spiritual things that are eternal and not just temporal. He'll bring us through the temporal, but he's doing so to let you know that not only can he touch you temporally, but he can touch you permanently and transform you. And I believe that there are too many people trying to satisfy their spiritual hunger with natural hunger. They were upset with the Lord because he'd met, he, he left them. And when they found him, he says, you only found me because I fed you and you missed the whole point of what I was doing yesterday. It wasn't just the teaching I was trying to give you. I was trying to feed you naturally 
so that your spirits would be filled, so that you would understand what I'm trying to do in your life because the Son of Man is getting ready to do all kinds of things and you're going to miss it if you're only looking for the fish and loaves. The disciples are in this storm. The, the fragments are sitting in the bottom. There's plenty of food there. There's 12 baskets of leftovers and none of them looked at those leftovers and recognized the power of the Lord, they were too consumed with their storm. And they had not considered the story or the, the experience with the loaves. They had been part of that miracle, and they still had not been considering it now that they were in the middle of the storm. It took Jesus doing another miracle of walking on the water. I wish some of those disciples would have thought like they did later in life, that they had thought if Jesus used us to feed the 5,000 with the fragments that are still in the boat, we can overcome the storm. But that's not how you and I tend to operate. I've got two more lessons from this story of the loaves. Number six is this. Every difficulty is allowed or given by God to enrich us and enlarge us. Uh, I, I preached a little bit about this on Sunday, but uh, I believe, even going back to, to, to Mark chapter 6 here, he taught us, and now he was getting ready to test us. Okay, He taught us about the loaves. Now he's getting ready to send those disciples in a ship across in order to test whether or not they understood the lesson. Unfortunately, they didn't grab it. And... Uh, at the same time, fortunately, we see another miracle of Jesus walking on the water and calming the seas. But are you ready for the test? He'll tell you, get in the boat. Remember the, the lessons. Remember the loaves. Get in the boat and go to the other side. Sometimes when God performs miraculous things in our lives and we experience it and maybe even be a part of it, the next thing sometimes he tells us to do is to get in the boat and go and that boat is heading directly into a storm. You know, they didn't have Doppler radar to figure out when the rain was going to hit and when the storm was going to hit. They were obedient to the Lord, got in the boat, thinking that they were doing what God wanted them to do, which they did and they were. But all of a sudden, they're in the middle of a storm that they're fighting against to the point where they're fear fearful, so fearful that when they see something walking on the water, they think it's a ghost, and they become terrified in the middle of their struggle. And Jesus is trying to tell them, listen, consider the loaves. I've got you. I've got it under control. You were not, you may have felt like you were in the middle of uh, the end, so to speak, but I have you. I know where you're at. I see what you're doing. You have to just trust me enough to lean on me and the lesson of the loaves. And then the last lesson that I find in these passages that we've dealt with is simply this. I believe Jesus was saying is this, whatever is over your head is under my feet. Whatever is over your head is under my feet. He has all things in control. We don't have to dwell in fear. We don't have to dwell in, in worry. Yes, it, things are tough sometimes. Yes, things are rough because we're in the middle of the storm, but go back to the loaves. Go back to the miracles. 
Go back in your life and recognize where God aligned things. Sometimes he kept you from some things. Sometimes he sent you into some things so that you could see that he would be there to bring you out on the other side. Praise God. I'm thankful that in my life, I'm 50, almost 52, a couple more weeks, 52. And in all those years, looking back, I can see different places in my life that were difficult, that were a struggle, but where God always showed up, where Jesus always stepped on the scene, where Jesus held his hand open and let me put my meager resources in it. And then all of a sudden it's transformed and it meets the need that's there and then some. I just have this feeling tonight that that I'm speaking to somebody. You're walking through a storm. You've experienced some miraculous aspects of God. You've been through some things. You've come out of some things. You're going back into some things. And the Lord just sent me to remind you, remember the loaves. Remember the miracle. Remember what God has done. Remember how he, he controls things. Remember how he operates things. Remember how he does things so that you'll get through your storm that you're in right now. I will be grateful, we all will, forever grateful, when the storms are past, when the trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with him. I look forward to that day, but I'm also thankful that I see glimpses of him in all aspects of our lives. Praise God. I pray that for somebody today, you would catch the lesson of the loaves. Let this be a reminder to you that he is the one that's able to transform anything. And he's the one that can walk on things that are over your head and uh, bless you immensely. Would you bow your heads with me? Jesus, thank you for this night. Thank you for this opportunity to share the word of the Lord. I'm praying especially for those right now that are struggling either through the need of hunger, uh, spiritual hunger, uh, natural hunger, or, or those that are in the middle of a storm and you're wondering where God is and, and all you see around you is death and destruction. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to help us to remember the loaves tonight and the fish. Help us to remember what you did for them. Help us to not do what the disciples did and leave the food at the bottom of the boat and not recognize the miraculous power of Jesus. I'm asking you to embrace each person tonight. We'll be careful to give you praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Thank you for joining us tonight. I want to remind you of our Chainbreaker Conference beginning at 6.30 on Friday evening. It's going to go through till about one o'clock on Saturday. We'll have lunch about one o'clock on Saturday, and uh, we're going to have some great, great food. And uh, I just believe that this weekend, if you're here, is going to be life-changing for you. Uh, I, I believe very strongly in the material that the Lord has laid in our laps and been are going to be able to share with you. Uh, and it's it's been such a blessing to me already. And so we're excited to present it to you Friday night and Saturday. This is for everybody. It doesn't matter what background you come from. Uh, the message and the, the sessions on Saturday, all of it's going to be beneficial for all of us. I'm going to be teaching and preaching to myself this weekend. My wife is going to be speaking. Bradley Jones is going to be speaking. Nicole Bertelson is going to be speaking. It's just going to be a great, great weekend, and we're looking forward to it. And then Sunday, as always, uh, it's family day, so 945, we'll have some refreshments here and 
have a time where we can just gather and have some fellowship and then our worship service at 1030. Looking forward to it. May God richly bless you through the rest of this week. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless.